0: And with your spirit. With your spirit. Reading the Holy Gospel, to Matthew. Glory God. to the Lord. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced sat- the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a soul of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment man in the law is the greatest? He said to them, You shall love the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The Gospel. of the So it's uh, one of the best known scenes out of the Old Testament because we see it in Paintings and drawings and cartoons and certainly even on in, in big movies. There is Mount Sinai covered with great big black clouds with lightning bolts and, and thunder rolling. And out of the clouds comes the great Moses who is dressed in flowing robes and his head is, his, his, has light coming out of it. And he's got in his arms two great big tablets And inscribed on those tablets by the very finger of God, of course, are the numbers 1, 2, 3 on one side and 7 through 10 on the other, written in Roman numerals. Now we know this is a miracle of God's work because who else would know Roman numerals 2,000 years before the Romans? But there it is. We know that those numbers stand for... The ten big rules, the ten commandments that would guide the Hebrew people through their wanderings through the desert and not only that but beyond and beyond really until the present day. Those commandments worked so well because for the people as they wandered through the desert they they needed help, they needed guidance, they needed guidelines to get through this really rough experience and the first three Reminded them as they wandered through the desert feeling helpless and lost and and worn out That God was with them and they should get with God and they shouldn't get sideways with God because in their Their imaginings God was pretty wrathful. Sometimes and could be angry and and you don't want to go there on the other side You know the other seven they were the commandments that would keep the people themselves in line As they wander through the desert, just like any family, I guess, under stress, you know, people start picking on one another, people start fighting, people start aggravating one another in all kinds of ways. (coughs) So the seven commandments on the other side of the tablets were meant to keep this family, this tribe together. If you want to stay together, don't be murdering each other. If you want to stay together, don't be, you know, Going after other people's wives, don't be coveting their goods. And most of all, if you want to stay together, honor your father and mother. You know, it was all pretty clear. There are such good commandments that they've endured. And, you know, they've, the test of time has proven them to be helpful to all of us. That's why even today, a lot of churches will have these big tablets set in concrete at the door of the church with the numbers on them at least. There is a problem with commandments, with laws. You know, the Hebrews didn't just stick with the ten, they added six, seven hundred more to the list. And what happens, of course, when laws become such a big part of your life, especially during times of difficulty and stress, is that you can become very, very committed to those laws, to fulfillment of those laws. You know, getting this thing done, you know, walking the straight and narrow, not straying, not breaking any of the big rules, not committing any of the big sins, being good for the sake of yourself, for the sake of your family, for the sake of your tribe. But what can happen then is that you get so focused on fulfilling the commandments, fulfilling the rules, not straying, that you lose the heart of them. You lose the the godness in them. They become our own project. They become our own thing. They become our guidelines, our rules, our lives. And what happens when that happens, when the love and the compassion and the godness gets emptied out of them, is that people become, of course, very arrogant. Look how good I am. I'm following all the rules. And they become very judgmental. I'm good. Look at all those bad people over there who aren't following the rules. And that, of course, sets up all kinds of bad things in a community. Even as people think they're being so darn good. So we get to the gospel story today. And you have a group of people who are very, very committed to the law. Of Israel. The Ten Commandments and all the other laws. If we could just fulfill these laws, then God will reward us and God will make us great. God will save us from our enemies. The Messiah will come, it'll all be great. But we've got to get everybody on board, we've got to get everybody following the rules, everybody following the commandments, everybody following the law as perfectly as possible. That's our salvation. And of course what happens to them as we know so well from the Gospels is these these people, these Pharisees, Sadducees call them different names different different little groups within Israel they lose the heart of the thing they lose the compassion within the law the care, the mercy they lose the heart of it they lose the godness of it it becomes their project my thing I'm fulfilling these laws and of course as we know at least for many of them, some of them the ones we meet in the gospel, they become really pretty arrogant, pretty self-righteous, and certainly pretty judgmental. And it's in that spirit that they come to Jesus. Because Jesus obviously is none of those things. And that worries them. Because clearly he's doing a lot better job of living the spirit of God than they are, even though they're following all the rules. They can't quite figure it out. Jesus stands as a prophet before them, sort of taking the robe off of them and showing them to be the empty followers of the law with no heart inside. And that's pretty intolerable. So they go after him. They go and they meet him. They present to him... What seemingly is a very good question. Oh, dear Jesus, we have a lot of laws. We started out with the Ten Commandments, and we've had a lot of laws added on since. And they're really good laws. Can't say any one of them's bad. Nobody should kill, nobody should. Fight, nobody should not honor their parents, everybody should wash their hands, everybody should do all the things we're supposed to do as good Jews. But which of these many laws, dear Jesus, is the most important of all? And here's the trap they're setting for Jesus. What they're doing is they're, they're trying to de-prophetize him. They want to draw him into their kinds of debates. And get him focused on the law too, so that he loses his ability to criticize them, and to critique them, and to show them for who they are. If they can just get him focused on the law itself, and not the heart of it, and debate it like they debate it, and discuss it like they discuss it, if they can draw them in to their discussion, then they've got him and they've neutralized him. They've made him not a prophet, but they've made him one of them. And then he's safe. We've got him in our circle. So this is Jesus' answer. He knows, of course, what they're doing. He can see through their charade. Jesus' answer is not one they expect. He says to them, The greatest commandment is long pause, tension builds, suspense. The greatest law is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. On the one hand, Jesus is playing it perfectly safe because that's a great law from the scriptures themselves. On the other hand, he's showing them that their concentration and their focus on law without love, without mercy, without compassion is empty and dangerous and far more sinful than any of those murderers and adulterers and dishonorers of mothers and fathers shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And what's implicit in that is his understanding of who this God is. This is the God that we encounter in his great parable of the prodigal son. This is the father who forgives and forgives and forgives. He so loves His children no matter what they do, no matter how much wrong they do, that He takes them back and He loves them and he accepts them and He doesn't punish them and He has no wrath. Instead, He puts rings on their fingers and throws feasts for them. That's the God we should love with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind because of His love for us, because of His compassion for us, because of His mercy for us, because He is our Father. And that's not something those guys have been caring about or thinking about or doing in all their debates and discussions about what is the greatest law of them all. Jesus goes further. He adds what the scriptures add. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Why? It's not just a matter of not killing. I'm not sinning. I'm not adultering. I'm not dishonoring parents. not coveting other people's goods. Why don't we do that? Yeah, the laws are clear, but why? Because those people, those people are God's children too. And He loves them just as much as He loves us. And our neighbors are God's children. And those who are outside of our tribe are God's children. And those who we find disgusting are God's children. And those who violate the commandments are God's children. And the alien and the widow and the leper, they're God's children. And therefore we must be compassionate and caring for them. We must love them because they are God's children and that's how God is. And God loves us the same way we love them. It's not a matter of following the law. Jesus tells these guys. It's a matter of love. So what's the greatest commandment? Jesus. It's so easy. It's so easy if you really know God as one who loves us and cares for us and forgives us and holds us in his arms and puts rings on our fingers and prepares a great feast for us, no matter who we are, no matter where we've been, no matter what paths we've trod, no matter the color of our skin, no matter what frontiers we've crossed, no matter what diseases we have endured, No matter who our parents were, they're God's children. And we are to love God with all our heart and all our mind and all our soul because of his love for all of us. And therefore we love one another with all our heart and all our minds and all our souls.